We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's Vooch driving to the rim and a right-handed dunk on the left angle. The Vooch eating some rim in Motown. Mark Grady back with you on the score. Nikola Vucevic, 29 points, 16 rebounds during that win over Detroit yesterday. Yeah, 108-96, three straight wins for the Bulls. Some impressive wins, actually. Charlotte, Boston were both blowouts. Again, 108-96 last night for the 29 and 39 Chicago Bulls, who host Brooklyn tomorrow, and the man who hosts our post-game show for Bulls basketball games here on 670. The score is Rick Camp. He joins us now. What's going on, Campy? How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. What have you made of these last three? Is there any significance in these three straight wins for the Bulls coming down the stretch? I don't know that there's much, and I only say that because I don't know how much of this roster is going to be here next year. Yeah. Uh, when I mean, if you want to look at literal, I mean, the fact that this is like taking the Bulls out of a better, a more advantageous spot to be able to keep their draft pick. I mean, that's the most literal upfront thing. But I like the fact that you've seen with Vucevic back, with Zach Levine back, guys maybe look better than they actually are because they're finally being pushed down the pecking order into really what they should be. And that's really what Kobe White especially looks like to me. Kobe White should be a secondary or tertiary ball handler and a guy that can catch and shoot really well and then do a little more stuff with your second unit. That's really what, at this point of his career, that's exactly what he should be, and he looks more comfortable being that when Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic are your two main ball handlers and playmakers for the team. So I think that's good, and you know, I I don't agree with some of the sentiment I've seen that like Kobe White's proven he can be your starting point guard next year. I'm not here for that. I think he's probably best served if the Bulls are going up in echelon next year to solid playoff team. Kobe White should probably be your sixth man, at least for the short term. While he's still developing, he's still a really young dude. Uh, but as of, you know, for these last couple games, I mean, Detroit played nobody. So that's a win you should get. <laughs> but the Detroit, the Boston win was impressive. And I thought it might have said more about Boston. Uh, and especially now with the news that Jalen Brown is out for the year, they are in big trouble when they get into the playoffs. And then Charlotte's still trying to figure themselves out. So. You know, good wins, nice to get some wins, but it's kind of small picture versus big picture. And what do you really want to see down the stretch? 
Yeah, and part of the the big picture, obviously, is Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine playing together and playing well together. Have you seen enough of those guys together to know or to feel like, yeah, that that's a core right there for the Bulls going forward, one that can thrive and that you can win because of? I think they still need probably the best player. Neither of those guys are going to be the best player on a team that can get to the conference finals or the finals. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could be your two and three. When we talk about, like I mentioned, slotting guys into their proper roles, if those are your second and third best players on a team, then you've really got something. Then I think you've really got something. But what what's so difficult now about roster building and what I find so fascinating about the move that uh, this front office made is they are really trying to thread a needle here because most of this roster is so young. But then you have Vooch who's you know in his 30s. And yeah, there's more time on that deal. And his game should age pretty well. But yeah. you're trying to win now while you've also got Patrick Williams and Kobe White developing. I don't think Lowry Markinen's back, so I'm not considering that much in terms of uh, the future for this team. But how much are they going to say, screw it, let's get some veterans versus, okay, let's keep going with some of these young guys and maybe try and sprink- sprinkle in a veteran or in the offseason where there's really not much in terms of unrestricted free agents do they go after a younger guy who's maybe restricted, but then have it be maybe an all or nothing thing because of the way restricted free agency works, where your money's tied up for so long waiting for a team to decide on an offer sheet of where in that time frame, maybe if let's say Lonzo Ball, because that's the name people have thrown out there a lot. If yep. that's a guy the Bulls put an offer sheet on, then New Orleans has like 48 hours to decide on that. In that 48 hours, your money is tied up. So it's not like you can say, oh, well, this guy became available. Well, never mind. We'll do this. No, your money is tied up until, the in that instance, the Pelicans would make a decision. So it's a it's going to be a really interesting offseason to further define the timeline for this team because I'm not exactly sure what it is at the moment. And with Zach and with Vooch, they're two guys that are so offense-heavy that anybody you bring in that is going to cost a decent amount of money has to be good defensively because I don't know that the bulls are going to be able to sustain what they're doing defensively and, you know, just being passable with those two guys as the biggest guys on your team, because you, they are, they're just, you know, they're not great defenders and you need really good defenders to be able to be a winning team in the NBA. Well, this creates a really complicated situation then because I'm basing on what, what you said just a little bit earlier here in our conversation, and that was that Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine are a good, you know, second best player on the team and or second and third best player on the team. So you still need that top dog on this team. So in that respect, you can't necessarily think about defense. So I guess the, the long-winded question, Rick, is, how can the Bulls go about getting that best player on the team, the the top dog for next year, considering that, as you correctly said, that it's possible that, you know, with Vucevic being 30, you can't screw around. And if you want to win big in this era with this core, 
You need to get that best player on the team. Is there any possibility that it could happen, any creativity that you have thought about in, in regards to that, and is it even possible in this offseason to get that proverbial best player on the team? Yeah, I'm not – I don't see a path at this point, especially because you're already out two first-round picks. That's the thing that worries me the most is – when some people, some of the pessimists of the Vucevic trade said, well, you're really just making this trade to get back to being on the treadmill of mediocrity where you're huh. probably in the lower half of the playoff bracket. That's probably, and that's why they said that is because it's really tough to then try and find the best guy. Honestly, the best route is to hope for lottery luck this year and get Cade Cunningham because I do think Cade Cunningham is incredibly good and if you put him with this team maybe not year one but boy it starts to make a lot more sense and and I think he may be one of those guys where his defense was okay and he's not the Zach Levine level athlete but in terms of being a playmaker in terms of like a guy that has feel for the game he is I mean if you're a bad executive if, you, if he's not your type of player but honestly, draft luck is still the best way to do it because with the Bulls being short draft picks and seeing what star players are getting traded for, it's all the picks, not just some, it is all the picks. So if there's a star that becomes available, like an A-level superstar that becomes available, yeah. the Bulls are already at a disadvantage because they don't have all of their own picks. They do have some young players, but people that are already you know, defined players it's all in the eye of the beholder. So I think it's tough. I, I honestly don't see in the immediate the Bulls having a path to getting that dude, unless maybe it was, and mind you, I've heard none of this. This is, you know, just trying to find a way would be if you traded like Levine and, yeah. and then you're still only uh -huh. going to have two. So it, it almost defeats the purpose in that way. So you're really just hoping for internal development on the guys you have to get better and hope that you become one of those, you know, teams where it's the collection more than the actual superstar talent. And then just hope that something breaks their way to where a superstar becomes more viable than it looks right now. What does uh, Patrick Williams have to do in your opinion to take the next step? The biggest thing, and mind you, it's tough to do this considering the current context of what the bulls are is be more aggressive and you're seeing little bits of it here and there. And, and I appreciate that he's taking the opportunities he has to be more aggressive. But the thing is for full development and mind you, of course he's so young, there is so much development to happen and it's going to happen over a longer period of time. I'm still really high on him. I think he can be really, really good, but especially on the offensive end, it's going to be getting more comfortable and trusting that three-point shot in the in the short term because the amount of times that he has traveled or stepped out of bounds because the NBA needs to widen the court, but that is a whole different issue. <laughs> <laughs> that How many times has he pump-faked that shot and either traveled, stepped yeah. out of bounds, or dribbled into a more contested shot when he has a wide-open three, or he hesitates to the point where he takes himself out of the catch-and-shoot rhythm? He just needs to trust that shot and go up with it more. So if it means working on it more in the offseason, fine, do that. I think he definitely has uh, the tools defensively, and he's shown it. 
I think he has to refine some things for sure. But I mean, when you're getting thrown into some of the matchups he's been thrown in early on, you're going to have moments where you look overwhelmed and that's perfectly okay because he's 19 years old. So that pick I think has aged well. Some people, you know, are, are not happy because they're not seeing numbers in a box score right away but if you watch him play you definitely see the flashes and see that with time and maybe being brought along a little slower in terms of an offensive role he can really flourish I don't know that he can necessarily be a a number one dude at any point but I think he can be a really good player does he have to change the mechanics of his jump shot that he's got that high arcing shot? And I don't know if that means a damn thing in terms of something that needs to be, be changed at all. But do you think mechanically they'll work with him or is that a non-starter? You know, honestly, I'm not sure. And I think that's going to come partially down to what he is comfortable with because I do. It's it's not like it's a completely broken shot. It's not like Alonzo right. Ball when he came out or something like that, where it's just yeah. like shooting from the wrong side of the body. But I bet they give him this off season, and maybe give him one small thing to work on, not an overhaul of the shot, but maybe one small thing, or just say, hey, take this off season. Do you now? You understand. And then if this upcoming season, it's not any better or it's only minimally better, maybe then they try and work on something. And then it does become slightly more feasible. Ideally, you'd like, you'd like these things to happen in the off season, but at least in theory, going into next year, it's not going to be as a crazy compact schedule. So practices will happen more. There might be more opportunities to work on some things. So I would think they probably give him this off season and another year to be like, Hey, let's, you know, let's just see if you can iron it out just in your own work. And then maybe from there assess a little bit more. Cause once again, he's so young. I don't know that you want to mess with too much too early and risk just completely breaking the shot. Cause there's an example of that is a guy in Memphis, Brandon Clark, who's a really good athletic dude uh, who comes off the bench for them playing the four They messed with his shot after year one, and now it looks completely broken. It's it's almost Markel Fultz cringeworthy level. So it's something where if you're going to mess with a guy's shot, be absolutely sure and have the plan in place and that everybody's on the same page with it because that is a risky run if you try and change a guy's mechanics to, to too much of an extreme. Talking to Rick Camp, he of the Bulls postgame show here on The Score. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score until 9 o'clock uh, tonight. And I feel like we're we're long past the point where there is hope for Lowry Markkinen on this, this Bulls roster. And I know this is probably a loaded question, but what happened? Because... I mean, when he first came here, he was a bit of a like revelation in terms of, wow, he's ahead of where we thought he was. There was the debate whether he or Zach Levine was the best player on this team, and now it doesn't seem like there's any scenario in which Markkinen is on this team. Why has he just never not fit in, really, since his rookie season with the Bulls? I think part of it is confidence, just in terms of being able to say, hey, listen, I'm a dude, get me the damn ball. Like, I think that's that's a big part of it. And it's a frustrating part of it because we all see it. We see the flashes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think part of it, too, is, I mean, I do think the Jim Boylan experience was awful for him. 
However, there's been so much other context around him to where you can't blame it on just that. Some of it is just on him and not being aggressive enough and not necessarily maximizing the gifts that he has at this point. He's had moments of it. Obviously, he's had those individual games where, what was it, opening night last season where he looked like an all-star for a night. And then it just goes it goes away. Just the lack of consistency is something that no organization is going to put put up with that much. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that he's still here at this point. I thought he was probably going to be gone at the deadline, but I, I don't see any way that he comes back to the Bulls. I, I just don't. It could be a sign and trade. Maybe it's something like that as a Bulls try and find a way to uh, – you know, bring in the types of players they want. So maybe it's with another team's restricted free agent, like a, you know, third time we'll mention Lonzo ball here, but you know, that could be an option that was brought up at the, de- at the deadline and could work in the off season. If that ends up being something the bulls and the Pels want, uh, I don't think it makes as much sense for the Pelicans as some people do, but maybe they're working on more than, uh, than all of us are thinking of. And I don't think Lonzo is quite as good of a fit as everybody seems to think, think so here, but, that may be a whole nother thing too, but well, that's well, just consistency. Why? Yeah. Oh, consistency. Well, because okay. I, I don't, I don't think Lonzo is exactly what people think. Hmm. People want. Is he a good ball mover? Yes. In the half court, is he a point guard? No, he's not. And maybe that works okay if Zach Levine is still your primary ball handler, but Lonzo Ball is so much better, and he can be like a, a real point guard and distributor in the full court when you're in transition, but in the half court, I mean, his head coach and his, uh, his GM in new Orleans or president of basketball ops, whatever they're calling him, David Griffin and Stan Van Gundy said in the full court, he's a point guard in the half court. He's a, he's a spot up shooter that cause that's what he is. And his defense has really dropped off this year. Now, maybe it's a, I'm on a bad team. How much do I want to care factor? Right. But I mean, the fact uh, he doesn't get to the basket. In the half court, he cannot get to the basket. So if you're looking for someone else to be able to do that outside of Levine, Lonzo Ball's not your dude. So he has a skill set. He is valuable. But I don't know if he is the best fit for the Bulls. But if you look at the options this offseason, there just aren't that many. Yeah, and I'm with you, too, on Kobe White. I I guess I hadn't heard that. I guess you're, you're getting people what, on Twitter saying that they think Kobe White should be, or have you heard you know people from inside the Bulls say that it's still a chance that Kobe White is going to be a, a, a starting point guard for this team, or still could be. Yeah, it's it's more just you know social media stuff. Yeah. But you <laughs> see it, and it's like I don't understand how people aren't seeing the same stuff that maybe we see, you know. And but that's you know part of the reason we're doing this is to try and help yeah. educate people too. But like, yeah, I think Kobe White ha- can be a, a good NBA player. I don't think he's bad by any stretch, but. Like his defense has improved a little, but that's also a really low bar from what it was last year and then earlier this year. And then also probably just having a little more trust since the deadline and having a guy like Daniel Tice back there who is a good defender, a really good defender more often than not. Uh, So like that's probably helped out Kobe a decent amount, but I still don't think you can be a good team and survive with the defense that's provided by Kobe White and Zach Levine as your starting backcourt. I actually had a texter uh, point something or ask a 
That's a pretty good question. It was like if all things were equal, and I, I actually don't even know what Derrick Rose's deal is with the New York Knicks, but who'd be a better sixth man spark plug point guard for the Bulls, Kobe White or Derrick Rose? If we're just saying for this very moment, yeah, uh, it's probably it's probably Derrick Rose because mm-hmm. the the biggest adjustment to Derrick's game is he shooting really well this year. Ah. Like he's shooting around 40% from three, which is, you know, like everybody's shooting a little bit better, but average on three point shooting is around 37, 38% right now. And he's shooting around 40. So he's still able to get to the basket. You know, the defense still isn't great, but he's obviously doing what he has to, you know, being on a Tom Thibodeau team. Do you really want to get yelled at that much extra for being that bad at defense? Probably not. So, but he can get to the basket. His playmaking has got, his vision's gotten a little bit better. Uh, and the fact that he's shooting a lot better is really key for him. So if we're just saying for like, we're playing a game tomorrow, who would you rather have as your sixth man? Yeah, it's probably Derrick Rose for this Bulls team. I got you. Um, all right. Now, most importantly, as people know, uh, Rick Camp is the, the co-host with Jay Zawoski of the I'm Fat podcast. Jay. What? Sawaski is the host of I'm Fat Podcast. Are you fat or is that just the title? I am absolutely fat. <laughs> All right, so what did you think about your partner kind of going rogue on you, man? I mean, he just kind of took off and went international going on the BBC. That's Jay Zawaski on the BBC. Um, and then saying that Wendy's is thought of in the fat community as the best tasting burger is what what say you rick camp this is your turn your chance to respond to the as the other half of the i'm fat podcast first of all of the if we're just saying the three main national burger chains yeah absolutely correct and i don't think it's particularly close either the wendy's burger the wendy's burger especially is the best of those three, they have the best spicy chicken. Their fries are the worst, so that is their fries okay. are not good. Um, <laughs> is that why everybody dips them, as, as Jay Zawoski said, in the in the, in the frosty? frosty? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They used to have decent fries, and then when they went to like the natural cut with the sea salt, I oh, just yeah. went off a cliff. No it, good, it, no it, good. It's, it's not great. But they also have their own brand of cream sodas, which are really good. Really? I didn't uh, know yeah, that. they you can get like a strawberry cream soda or an orange cream soda. Those oh. are are excellent. Um, but so the story of how that came about is, I'm assuming the producer of this podcast for the BBC mm-hmm. uh, messaged Jay and I both individually, and it was like one of those, "Hey, can you shoot me a DM?" Um, you yeah. know, it's about an interview. Sure. But I looked at the profile of of the producer, and I wasn't quite sure if it was real. So I kind of like snooped or like you know looked around a little bit see if it was legit and i think in that time jade responded and said yes so i responded finally and said hey what's up and i never heard anything but then i so when i clicked on her profile again i saw jay followed her so i was like oh so jay must be doing it (laughs) and then he told me what it was and i was like that's amazing and completely ridiculous because i want to know what they searched to be like these are our guys (laughs) American fat. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. What are the key words in that case? I agree with you about the, the one, like there is something about the flavor of, of the Wendy's burger. And, and 
I was just like, while Jay was on, I was like, it's very simple. There just must be a better fat content or percentage of fat in the Wendy's burgers. And that's okay. It makes them tastier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think, I really don't think it's particularly close to now, at least the smart thing that Burger King did is they went for a little bit of a different flavor profile. So that's a little bit different, but I never get a burger from McDonald's. If I go to McDonald's, I'm getting nuggets. Like that's what I do. I I will a lot of time, depending on how my, uh, how my day is going and how much I've eaten before that it's either the 10 piece nugget meal (laughs) or it's the 10 piece nugget meal and another 10 nuggets on the side. <laughs> That's, uh, can I get the 10 nuggets with a side order of nuggets? Of is nuggets. that the way it goes? <laughs> with, yeah, with all the sauce. Or, or, or do you do sauces? Do you do sauces or no? I, do, I, like their bar- I like McDonald's barbecue sauce. I'll do the barbecue sauce there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and, then, and, and have you tried their the McDonald's spicy chicken? Or is that, again, a non-starter? Um, I've tried their spicy chicken, the spicy chicken nuggets. Good. The spicy chicken sandwich. Eh, not so much. So yeah, it's, it's not as good. I mean, if we could have counted regional stuff, which obviously for an international broadcast would make no sense. I mean, to me and Jay and I both agree. I mean, Culver's is, is the peak right now. When you put butter on a burger, I mean, you're always winning, right? If you add butter to something, then it's it's And everything else is good. Their sides are fantastic. The cheese curds, the the crinkle cut fries, and people can't sleep on the pretzel bites. Jay and I have a Culver's Insider that told us that the pretzel bites are back permanently now. Oh, nice. So that that's a huge win because you get that you get those pretzel bites with the cheddar cheese sauce that's nice and warm. You get like ten of them in uh, a portion. It is it's good living. <laughs> that's fantastic, Rick. You're a dual threat as always, my friend. Thank you so much for for coming on, sharing your bulls insight, and I'm glad I got to hear the other half of the the I'm Fat podcast. And <laughs> and and I'm sure next time you'll go international, my friend. Hopefully. We, uh, we all have dreams, man. Keep the dream alive, buddy. Rick, thanks, man. See ya. There goes Rick Camp. Yeah, that happened today. Uh, Jay Zawoski, or I guess it was probably yesterday or whenever, but Jay Zawoski on the, the BBC heard it a couple times on the score today. It's pretty hilarious. I am absolutely fat. <laughs> and apparently so was the host of that particular program because he said he was he was fat as well but it was good to talk some bulls too with campy they host brooklyn tomorrow bulls with like i said four games left to go they are right now two and a half games behind the pacers for that last eastern conference play-in spot so not looking good in terms of that if you even care but for me this season has never been about the postseason 100 percent development and now it's just about watching Bucevic and Levine play basketball together and then sit back and enjoy what happens in this offseason I got to break but when we come back the latest on Aaron Rodgers I will tell you where I stand with that and also how about some power rankings in Major League Baseball it's all coming up on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, I asked you in February if there was any scenario that you could see trading, Aaron, and you said absolutely not at that time. Has that changed? Is there any scenario that you can see trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason? No, no, Ryan, I appreciate the question, but no, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst, and we haven't heard a lot lately about Aaron Rodgers and the the noise that has been going on with Rodgers' camp and the Green Bay Packers. However, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network was discussing it today. So let's listen to him to find out what is the latest on the discontent superstar quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, well, well, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are basically where they have been, I would say, over the last several weeks. Uh, they are not anywhere. Uh, they are not in a good place. They are not happy with each other. The Packers have done a lot of different things to try to make Aaron Rodgers happy, to try to get him to kind of come back to them a little bit. They've made a significant long-term contract extension offer, and the two sides have been negotiating, so it's not like they've just been talking to themselves here. There certainly has been some engagement from Rodgers' side. Uh, we know something that Mike Garofalo reported uh, last week, that Rodgers has talked to several different players about joining him somewhere else. However, of course, as we know, the Packers have zero plans whatsoever to trade him. The real question, Tom, is can the two sides come together, agree on a contract extension that makes everyone happy and move forward? If you listen to sort of friends of Rodgers like James Jones on our network, nothing has been ruled out and coming together and working it out is still on the table. We'll just see if they could do it. All right, that again, Ian Rappaport from the the NFL Network. And <laughs> I still feel like everything... And, you know, some based on what Ian said there, everything is still very possible for Aaron Rodgers. Here's the thing. And I know, you know, that if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers, of course, that is a massive victory for the Bears. It's a big victory for every team in the Bears division, not just the Bears. And if he was to move out of conference, which if they traded him, that would I would think that would be the case, that if the Packers finally did acquiesce and decide to trade him, they wouldn't want to see him or would want to limit how much they saw him for the rest of his career. So you go to the AFC where you can't hurt us as badly or as often as you would if you are in the NFC. However, um, Aaron Rodgers, like, like Aaron Rodgers already won with Green Bay, as far like from a Bears perspective, like he won a Super Bowl. He has tortured the Bears over the years, division title after division title, playoff appearance over playoff appearance. So yeah, 
there would be, a, I'm sure, a fist pump or two or some delight from Bears fans, and it should be. But this is not. It's not like he hasn't already. The damage has already been done by by Aaron Rodgers um, through the years. The mark has been left. There's a scar that ain't going away that he has left on the Bears and other teams as well, but we're keeping it Bears-centric here. So if he was younger, if he was, if this was 30-year-old Aaron Rodgers or 32 or put the cutoff at 33, why not? I'll just put it there randomly. Then it's a bigger victory, but at this point, it's almost like he's he's won. He, he won the race, and he it's not like he's going to be around that much longer anyway. So while it would be a significant victory, it's... Um, not as great as as everybody thinks it is considering his age 37. Do I still want to see him go someplace else? Yeah, but that's really more from a a football fan perspective if you ask me because I I think it would be fascinating to see Aaron Rodgers go quarterback another franchise to see can do would he would he do like Tom Brady did go to a completely different team and lead that team to a, a Super Bowl right away because presumably if Aaron Rodgers did go to another team it would be similar to to that of Tom Brady in that whichever team that was they'd obviously be all in and they'd be wanting to put around Aaron Rodgers whatever they had to, and they would probably, like Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay, they would probably give him a big voice. And then the other part of it, too, is that there would be players wanting to go play with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I more from not just a covering the Bears perspective and respecting Bears fans who would be delighted to see him go, I would just like to see, okay, y- you get what you want. Let's Let's see you go out there and do it now. And get another Super Bowl ring and, you know, live up to everything that you've been talking about, whatever the reasons might be that you are doing it right now. So it's still a standing by situation for Aaron Rodgers, but it's a it's a fantastic story for sure. I know super frustrating for people in Green Bay. And from what I've heard in Green Bay, because I, I go on the radio in Wisconsin every once in a while, and I, I tune in, I eavesdrop on Sports Talk Radio in Milwaukee and in Green Bay. And it's like a torn city. Like there, there are a lot of people who are like, come on, Aaron, stop being a baby. But I think more people there are saying, Green Bay, don't be stupid. This guy is great. And he's still got, you know, a few really good MVP like years left in him. Is he going to be like Tom Brady and still be playing at the top of his game or somewhere near it? I guess Tom Brady's not really at the top of his game anymore, but somewhere near it at the age of 42, um, that I'm not sure about. But I kind of do. I, 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 I do hope he goes someplace else, but probably for different reasons than a lot of Bears fans are thinking. Um, all right, now, making a switch back over to baseball, I see the, that there is uh, there's power rankings are out, and... I, let's just zero in on the the MLB.com power rankings because they're as credible as as anything because you know it's MLB and all. Um, so here it is. Here are the the MLB power rankings from MLB.com, and number one, number one in baseball are the Boston Red Sox, and they were two last week. Number two on the baseball power rankings, the San Francisco Giants, and there we have. At number three, 
your Chicago White Sox. They are third in the power rankings. And of those top three teams right there, the Red Sox, the Giants, and the White Sox, the team that I think would be most capable of keeping it up in the top five would be your Chicago White Sox. Um, And obviously they still got a a long way to go and figure things out without Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, but that three-game sweep for the White Sox was a potential indicator of what they still might be able to do without those guys if they get that if they continue to get the starting pitching that they have gotten if Carlos Rodon continues to do what he has been doing which has been great I think Lance Lynn we know how good he is and I think Lucas Giolito will get himself together eventually you know he, he, we haven't seen that that superb Lucas Giolito game, and he has struggled more than he has been great this year. But I, all evidence suggests that Lucas Giolito is going to be just fine. All right, continuing on with the powering, I'll go, I'll go quickly through these until we get to the Cubs. Um, Padres 4, Oakland 5, Cardinals 6, Dodgers 7, Yankees 8, Blue Jays 9, Astros 10th in the baseball power rankings. The Mets are 11th, Rays 12. Phillies 13, the Milwaukee Brewers 14, Indians 15, 16 is the Braves, 17 the Reds, Royals from 9 to 18, Kansas City, that's what happens when you lose seven straight games, Mariners are 19th, and then there we have at number 20, the Chicago Cubs, they were 23, so they actually move up to the 20 spot, and the, the Cubs right now are in the perfect restart set as they are 17 and 17. The Cubs having gone five and one on that homestand against the Dodgers and the Pirates. They start one up at Cleveland tomorrow. And guess who's throwing the first pitch in that game? That'd be Shane Bieber going for the Indians. Adbert Alzali on it for the the Cubs mini two-game series. They got a 12-10 game on Wednesday. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what what direction the Cubs go. If Kyle Hendricks doesn't start to put it together, that that's a tough go for the Cubs to, to maintain 500 or above, even as good as it's been. And just rounding out the, the power rankings, Marlins 21, Twins 22, Angels 23, D-backs 24, the Nationals 25. At number 26, I see the Rangers, Orioles 27, Pirates 28, the Rockies 29, and the Last team in the MLB.com power rankings, the Detroit Tigers. All right, final break, and then we will wrap things up here. It's Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And they they got rid of, what, uh, Jay Leno today, didn't they? They caught him loose or whatever, one of the offensive line. He's a fine broth of a lot. <laughs> Mark Grody back with you on The Score. John Anderson, was that somebody saying Jay Leno in regards to thinking Charles Leno? Is that what I just heard? That's 100% correct, and I think if I listen to it a couple more times, I could probably tell you what caller. <laughs> Which tells you yeah, I've been you, working way too many grabber shifts. Yeah, you, you speak grabber, so you know I do. It's a very specific talent, and, you know, if there was ever, like, a translator position available... You would be eligible, and so would I. Um, so I just got an email from the Bears, and this is pretty cool. Not necessarily surprising, but I, I've been telling you guys that 
there is a Bears rookie minicamp Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we will be allowed to be there. We'll be allowed to be there reporting. And, you know, we were allowed to be there last year, you know, on a, a limited basis as well. So um, we'll be out there reporting this weekend and watching and observing. And they're, they're still doing the, the virtual. Yeah, everything is still like interviews are still virtual, which is totally understandable and that's what i had suspected but it is good to know that we will be allowed to be on the scene for rookie camp and i'm just oh dave is very happy that's dave the cat making an appearance here on the show um that on friday may 14th that's the first official day of the the bears rookie mini camp 12:45. that is when justin fields and tevin jenkins will speak and so it is the <laughs> the first of many Zoom conversations, and we've already had a couple with both of those guys, but the, the first one on the scene uh, that particular day. Unfortunately, that's before the practice starts, but it'll, you know, like we're all so anxious and hungry to to hear from Justin Fields and from Tevin Jenkins as well because... You know, I mean, he, 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 Lord knows he's down with playing either side, but everybody is suspecting that he will be, Tevin Jenkins will be your starting left tackle this year, and that'll open up the questions about what's going to happen on the on the right side. And so we'll get to hear from Justin Fields on Friday um, and Matt Nagy as well. And then on Saturday, we'll hear from the, the rest of the of the Bears rookies, Larry Borum, the offensive lineman, Khalil Herbert, the running back, Daz Newsom, the wide receiver, and you know all these guys are going to play a part, you know, possibly on special teams. The one I wonder about, and this does go back to last year and the fact that the Bears successfully were able to put Darnell Mooney in. It was like right away Darnell Mooney was effective and producing as a fifth-round pick. So I don't know if it's right to say, well, since he did their sixth-round pick, Daz Newsom, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, he will suddenly be out there and be productive. But they need, they need another guy. They need another guy, another wide receiver to be productive beyond Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney because we just don't know about Anthony Miller at this point and Javon Wims and Riley Ridley. Hopefully Cole Komet takes the next step at the tight end position um, and catching balls down the field and all spots on the field. But I got, yeah, Daz Newsom's the guy that I've, I've got him circled as a guy who might be productive beyond special teams for the Bears next year. Excellent outro music, by the way, Sean Anderson. Sean Anderson, our producer for this extravaganza here tonight. Thank you to him for his good work. Zach Zabin was on the show. Thanks, Zach. Thanks to Aaron Lemming for coming on. Rick Camp talking bulls and burgers, as always. And thanks to all of you for listening, for texting. We can keep the conversation going on Twitter if you would like. We've got the best of the score coming up from 9 to 10, then CBS Radio, then our guy, Les Grobstein. Have a great night. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.